Good morning, everybody. Good to have you along with us. Last year on this program, we uh, talked about a study from Western University that looked at small towns in the province and what they needed to do to attract newcomers to uh, their community, namely to be more welcoming to immigrants, racialized and indigenous people. That study uh, found, amongst other things, uh, 60% of those who identified as immigrants said they had experienced some level of discrimination or racism. Now there is a follow-up to that, and it shows not a lot has changed, unfortunately. The study, which was funded by the London and Middlesex Local Immigration Partnership, has found immigrants in London and Middlesex County regularly face discrimination. The study was led by Victoria Essis, director of the Center for Research on Migration and Ethnic Relations at Western University, and she joins us now. I appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Good morning. So what sort of stories did you hear from people over the course of this study? So this study was a bit different than the survey we did last year because we were interested in getting in-depth with uh, people in terms of what they were actually experiencing. And so um, I just have a couple of quotes that I think speak for themselves with people's permission. And so let me just read you a few of these. Um, So this is a racialized person who said... um, Whenever you go out to eat, they make distance between themselves and racialized people. They don't make this distance with other white people. They welcome the white people. The white people are more welcome than me. I feel like they avoid me in public places because of my skin. And one other person said, um, the clerk started to scream in my face, speaking with me in an impolite way. And, you know, when someone talks to you like you're not educated and they think you're stupid, She said, you need to learn the rules in a very loud voice, and everybody was looking. After she finished screaming at me, she started to deal super politely with the rest of the people who were not wearing a hijab or a scarf. So these are just a couple of examples, but you can see the type of um, incidents that are occurring in our own community to immigrants and racialized individuals. This and this is uh, London and Middle. So this is like the last study was kind of like the a lot of areas, including London. But this was was this more London and Middlesex, or where 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 were the people from that you were talking to? Was it London or? These were people specifically in London and Middlesex. What is the impact? I mean, I think people might know, but what is the impact uh, from that when people do experience uh, that? So, I, you know, it's best for me just to read these quotes because they really, I think, stand out. And one person said, um, I was feeling awful. I was feeling uncomfortable, especially because this happened in front of someone else. I felt ashamed at the moment, which is really sad. And then another person said, and I'm really upset about it, and it's really hurting my heart. I remember I went home and I was crying. What does this do to impact our ability to welcome newcomers to the area? Well, you know, it's slightly ironic because our um, region and uh, the city of London have plans in order to attract and especially retain um, immigrants um, in the community, including international students. Um, But we know that when people um, are treated badly, they're not going to be staying here. Right. So we can do all we want to um, attract people and have all these great programs to bring them here. But we know that if people are being mistreated, they're not going to stay. And again, let me just read you um, uh, one more quote. Um, 
So somebody said, I feel like I'm just an outsider. I feel very sad because I left everything to come here to make new friends and live a good life. But living in this situation, I just want to finish this work and leave this place as soon as possible. I'm curious, you know, I think a lot of people who might uh, be listening would think would be who are not racialized might think I'm surprised uh, that this would be in my community. For people who are new to the community, when they because they made the choice to come to Canada, to come to London, are they surprised that this is something they experienced or or what's what's their level of surprise? I would say that they are surprised um, that when, you know, newcomers come to our community, they've been told that Canada is a welcoming country. And, you know, there's a lot of press and there's a lot of publicity about how welcoming we are. And in some ways we are. But then we have these everyday incidents of discrimination that kind of um, go against that welcome. And so I think even newcomers at first are shocked that this is happening to them and don't really know how to react and what to do about it. Um, but in the end, they just want to leave. How do we overcome uh, concerns born out of, you know, the other? Well, I think there are a lot of things we can do in our community to make things better. Um, and, you know, one piece of this is education. Um, so it's really important that the community understand that uh, we're not doing immigrants a favor when we bring them to our community. They're doing us a favor. And our community really benefits from immigration. And um, people need to be educated about those benefits. They need to be educated about the discrimination that is taking place in our community and the, the, the damage that's being caused by this discrimination. I think there are a number of other things that our community can do. I think we need to have a zero tolerance of discrimination policy at the community level, at business levels, at organizational levels. Um, And uh, this um, policy has to be enforced. That is, there has to be consequences for people who violate the policy. Um, In a business, um, if um, somebody violates a policy, there has to be a clear... um, set of guidelines as to what what happens next. And um, there has to be a process for people to report discrimination that doesn't lead to repercussions for the victim, because we know people often won't report discrimination because they're afraid of being re-victimized. We also need a process for formally documenting what's happening and uh, what the consequences are. So we did this research, but um, a more formal um, process in our community, like a reporting tool, where people can actually report what's going on and what they experience would be really useful. And, of course, that needs to go along with um, supports for people who are experiencing discrimination. Um, So support groups, um, as I've mentioned, education. I think it's also important to have bystander education in our community because there are lots of people with goodwill. And I don't doubt that there are lots of people with goodwill who see these incidents and they don't really know what to do. And personally, I've been in that situation where I've just not known what to do in in a situation where somebody is being harassed or discriminated against. If we give people the tools to intervene, um, but intervene safely, because that's often a concern. You know, I don't want to get involved because I don't want to be hurt. Um, But there are things that people can do to intervene in terms of um, videotaping the incident, in terms of going and standing or sitting with the person who's being discriminated against and asking them if they need support, et cetera. So there are ways of um, intervening, 
that are safe and that are effective. And I think people need to be taught that um, so that it becomes an automatic thing and you know what to do when you see this. Because I do believe there are good people in our community as well. Absolutely. Uh, It's an important research. I appreciate you uh, sharing it with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Victoria Essis, director of the Center for Research on Migration and Ethnic Relations at Western University. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.